When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Uh, is it Paul first up? Tony. Tony. Or Paul, Paul G'day, Tony. Tony. G'day, Tony. How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? We are great. Oh, that's great. So am I. Hey, I've, uh, I've just got you guys a new listener. Who's that? Oh, my son. He, 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 he started listening to it and he, he, he's getting into it. So he wants to learn a lot more about his sport. Oh, what's his name? His name is Damien. Damien, I hope you're listening, Damien. A big shout-out to you. I'm pretty miserable with my shout-outs, but I welcome you to SENZ, Damien. Yeah, welcome, Damien. I look Damien. forward to speaking to you down the line, mate. Cheers, mate. Oh, look, he's gone. Simple as that. He's Fantastic. A bit, he's, a bit, he's a bit shy. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, have you got the radio on in the background? Can I get you to just turn it down a little bit? No, I've got it right down, mate. It might be a Good on you. Hey, We're calling on that, that's all right. That's all right, Tony. Did you did you watch the All Blacks? How did you feel about that? The way they won it. Uh, it was it wasn't great. I mean, to, to be honest, I don't think the All Blacks deserved to win that game uh, at the end. Um, you know, so uh, pedal to the throat just didn't happen, and it should have. You know. You know what. There was a bit of a collapse, and, and the way the game has finished is taken away from the fact, isn't it? They were 31-13 up, and what, 15-odd minutes later, the game's all locked up. It was quite an extraordinary comeback by Australia. You give them a lot of credit for that, but, um, you know, if we're, if we're hard on the All Blacks, we, we, we probably want them to see that out much easier, don't we? Yeah, I think I think um, the Aussies, uh, if they didn't do you know, a couple of players didn't do a couple of silly plays and, you know, like the, the two fin binnings, I mean, um, that really hurt them. I, they, were, they were going toe-to-toe, and I think um, their, their, their um, scrum looked stronger early on, um, to me. Yeah. Uh, they, they Absolutely. Had the, uh, they, had the, they had the wood on them. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if that hadn't happened, I think um, I think the Aussies could have won maybe, maybe even quite comfortably. Yeah, I really enjoyed their efforts at their back row, too. They, they were great. Um, so did you walk away getting a lot more sort of, um, well, I'm not sure fear is the right word, but, but you walk away thinking Australia were a lot better than you thought they were? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I knew they, they would be right from the get-go. I mean, um, I, I took Australia on the pick the score that morning and, um, you know, I... I just about virtually had it if Foley hadn't have stuffed it up. So I mean, um, you know, Australia wasn't just Australia wasn't just rolled. I was too. So, Tony, are you a sort of dad that wakes up Damien early on in the morning for every All Blacks test? You know, whether it's four thirty in the morning, three thirty, you're like, right, get up, son. It's time to support your country. Oh, I, I didn't have to wake him up. He was always up, ready to go. 
Oh, good lad, good lad. That's what we want to hear. Hey, um, you, Tony. Thanks. I, I, thanks. So, also, you, you've got a point to make, please. Please, far away. Um, well, um, he, 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 he heard about the $50 bonus bet that you guys give away, and he, he's got a new TAB account, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Dan wants, or Dan wants to top up his own. I love it, Tony. Uh, good on you, mate. And thanks so much for calling in. And welcome aboard, Damien. We look forward to hearing from you. We'll chuck you an old good on you, mate. I think we can go to Dean now. Dean, do you care how the All Blacks won? Yeah, mate, clearly I do. And uh, I feel a bit sorry for Bernard Foley. Like, 30 seconds isn't a huge amount of wasting time. There's a lot in that game. Every time, I know it's instant as the wording for a free kick or a penalty, but it's never instant. They always talk to the captain and decide whether they're keeping for a five-metre line-out for a drive at the try line or they're going to have a shot at goal. And he was in the process of kicking it when the referee put the whistle to his mouth. Now, he could have pulled that out, went to the line-out, stopped the clock, took time off and said to the however they do it nowadays, either give us 30 more seconds before you ring the buzzer or I'm doing it myself on my own watch, tell all the cap, both captains, they're all aware of what's going on and give... Australia a chance to hold on. I'm not saying that the All Blacks couldn't have won that line out at all because we'll never know that. And they would have continued exactly. that because their fights depended on it. So it's just they robbed the game of the ending that it deserved. And I'm really concerned that at 31-13, the All Blacks couldn't put them away. That'd be more of a concern yeah, well, for me than anything else. And the other point I'd like to make is Caleb Clark clearly isn't there yet. The Tutu's miles away. The Kiriwani should be sent back. They all should go back to Auckland. If they want to give Roger Tuivasa shit a go, put him on that wing. He's not ready for the midfield. He probably never will be, in my opinion. But he could play an international rugby league fullback, can play on the wing in any rugby team he likes. He's got the high ball skills. He doesn't have a kicking game. But he'll beat a man on the outside. He's got a ton of gas. For me, he could replace Caleb Clark if they got to put someone somewhere. But with the injuries I've sustained, Forster's now in a hell of a spot because he might have to pick the team we all want to see. Artie might have to go to seven. Jacobson could go to eight. Uh, Fazel back to six because we need some brutality to match those. Astra- they were outstanding. Mm. They're, they're absolutely outstanding. That boy Valentino, I listened to him. Oh, yeah. When, they, when the Chiefs played the Brumbies, and it was a must-win for the Brumbies in Hamilton, and Sam Kane's name was mentioned twice in that entire game on the radio, once mm. when they announced the team, and 20 minutes into the second half, Valentino's name was mentioned every time there was a breakdown. So I've never seen him play. I watched the Super Rugby semi-final against the Blues, and he hurt his shoulder. He went into the game with a shoulder injury, I believe, and he hurt it cleaning out, and he went off after about five or ten minutes. So that boy is something special. And I'd felt sorry for Rennie in the sense that, let's be honest, that was Australia B. And the way the game panned out, they, they should have had the opportunity to win. I wouldn't go as far as to say they should have won it, but they should have been given the opportunity to win it, considering where they got to. But that last penalty, for me, was wrong. When Valentino's not supporting himself over Dalton, his knees are in his back. And I believe the decision was made by the referee because... He clearly got the call wrong and seen it on the big TV when the fullback scored. But totally knew it as well. But he kicked the conversion. I've never seen a goal-kicking conversion kick without any camera on it whatsoever. And I've watched the game <laughs> as long as you got. So I think he was in a position where, shit, I've got to give the All Blacks a chance here. 
and that was in the back of his mind why he blew the whistle. He had no reason to. He's putting it in his mouth, and Foley's moving forward to kick the ball. Let him kick it. What a performance from Foley that's going to be sullied by that last incident. This is a guy who's been out of, what, Test Rugby since the World Cup, Dean. Um, I thought he was really, really good. Um, and I, you know, I know it's the opposition team and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't like it when you know the loss is heaped on one player. I, I, you know, I, I can be empathetic. I might not come across as that, Grant, but I, I kind of do feel for Bernard Foley. I don't know how you feel. Grant. Yeah, well, well, Dean. I mean, we've had someone on the show, Brendan Nell from South Africa, and he said it was a massive call and one that in 26 years of covering rugby I've never seen. It shouldn't have been a call that settled the game, but it was. Every AB supporter will say it was fair. Every Australian supporter, the opposite. As a neutral to me, it was wrong. So that's what Brendan Nell thought about that last call. And what I'm hearing from you as well, and we've heard it for oh, the last two months, is that we've got an unsettled All Blacks team at the moment. We haven't settled on a consistent team, and we don't know our best 15. Absolutely we don't. And the thing that annoyed me out of the whole thing I feel sorry for Bernard Foley. He should never have been put in that position. He's doing the right thing by his team. Like, I'm wanting him to do that. When you, before you open your mouth and comment on these things, you've sort of got to pretend you're the other way around. And we would be livid if that happened to us. But the Forster's comment, honestly, I'd like to use some adjectives that I won't on the radio. That just sums up why no one, or not many like him. He should have come in and said just what you said. What um, Rennie said, you know, a game like that, the referee shouldn't be controlling it. And he, what, he was putting, like I said, he was putting his whistle in his mouth, and it was 35 seconds. That's not a lot of time wasting in the modern game. A scrum takes five minutes. So let's, oh. he let's clean our studs. Thing. Let's clean our studs for the 15th time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's walk to a line out, and then we'll have a discussion when we get there, and three will go out, and then four will go back in, and the numbers are all to hell. We only get about 17 minutes of game anyway, so let's not dine out on that too much. The referee made a howling error of the try to the fullback. That was a shocker. Hey. Foley let the ball go. Great line by the fullback, but at the end of the day, the full pass. The 22 line was yep. there to prove it. He let go the attacking side of the 22 line. They got fullback, picked it up on the other side of the line. Well, any re- replay is going to show that. Whitelock was in the process of asking for it. Foley kicked the goal. He's a genius. Absolute genius. That time out of the game. Yeah, I think, I think you're right there, Dan. I think, there was, I, th- I think it did go forward. Hey, good to chat, Dan. I really do appreciate your thoughts, mate. Go enjoy your Saturday. Thanks, Dino. 40 minutes after 10. Oh, 800, 150, I always find it funny how often in, in sport, ah, it all swings and roundabouts. It all evens <laughs> out. At the end, there was a bad call there. It went against us. We get this. That's, that, is the, that is two wrongs make a right. Isn't it? It's, it's a bizarre sort of mindset sports fans have. We're, we're, oh, there was a mistake in the 58th minute, so that makes this mistake in the <laughs> 79th okay. We're, we're, don't, you, don't you find it? <laughs> it's a bad LBW decision, and that's a bad LBW decision. If, if they're both wrong, they're still both bad decisions, aren't y- they? Yeah, absolutely. But I know that in cricket, we always used to think too close LBW shouts yeah. that we thought, oh, that, that, that was like one of them was maybe out. We know the umpire's going to make up for it. Yeah. You went, oh, that was close. Maybe I should have given that out. The third one, don't let it hit you on the pads because he's going to give you. Or in consecutive balls. Yeah. You and don't want to w- get hit, struck in the same place. In consecutive yeah. Balls. Ah. So you wonder if refs and umpires do make up for mistakes that they make. Like it has to, and it will be really interesting getting them on the show. They will never admit it though. The, NBA, the NBA is probably, uh, I've long contended this, the NBA is magnificent for that. The NBA makeup call. 
Uh, ben Francis, good morning to you. You agree with me on that, won't you? Oh, I totally do. You make one bad call at one end of the court, that they'll level things up at the other. Oh, it's incredible. You know, you watch the end of some games and the players literally get away with smacking each other in the face and just all sorts, and it's, it's bizarre. But I feel like this call... Now that this precedent's been set, now we have to see it consistently. And I know throughout, yeah, you're right. I, I know throughout this game, and I know in other games as well, I've seen players take way longer to make decisions and, and get on with play. And the fact that it was made in, at the end of such a tight game when usually all the rules are just thrown out the door and no one cares, I, I was quite uh, shocked by it. And I feel like that the All Blacks getting the win kind of papers over the cracks again of the the major issues in the team because they're like, okay, great, we've retained the Bledisloe Cup. Great, we got it another year. But as Dean said and Tony said, the All Blacks shouldn't have blown that lead at 31-13 and how much they were in control. And then as soon – when the All Blacks are in control, they seem to be magnificent. We saw at the start of the second half, but one mistake and they're on the back foot. They just crumbled. When Moanga kicked yep. the ball out on the full, things just absolutely imploded. And there are so many concerns about the team, but we're too busy celebrating. Oh, yeah, we got a call and we won the game. But that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, and my notes are right. With three minutes to go, New Zealand was staring at a loss, which should be described as a collapse. Um, and in some ways, uh, should still be heavily examined as to why they went from 31-13 up to 37-31 down. You know, Australia, you know, were part of that and, you know, you bow down to them. Um, I, I, I'm not willing to put it in the howler category as far as refereeing decisions because I, I think there's an argument in the rules that, that there is basis for that to make that call but it's just so weird as Ben has articulated we, we never see it uh, and right now uh, next time I watch I'm going to have to stop watch out every time he awards a penalty I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the stop watch well, uh, and go well no, Bernard Foley the Bernard Foley rule I do wonder but if I'm, he's left and lastly sorry Grant I'm awful speeding up the game I'm all for it. Yeah, totally. I, I want them to do it from the first minute of the game. And uh, the Irish journalist, uh, I don't even know what his first name is, Rowdry, Rowdry, Rowdry O'Connor, he said, if this is the beginning of a war on time-wasting, then bring it on. If it's a once-off, out-of-the-blue, never-to-be-repeated decision, then it's bonkers. And I just hope that, Rynell, I haven't heard how safe he is getting out of Australia, but, um, yeah, I, I'm sure that he would have had a nice little... Leaver's gift at customs from all those rugby fans because, yeah, you make a decision like that. That is a gutsy decision for him to make as a as a referee. I'd love to have him on the show. Foley could have just kicked it out though. He could have. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why it's such a bizarre, fascinating sort of end to. Uh, I thought a, a really entertaining uh, second half, especially first half's pretty scrappy. If you haven't seen the game, just fast forward to half time. Just watch it. It's ten all at the half. Um, New Zealand come exploding out of the gate, Australia come roaring back, uh, gripping finish, really entertaining stuff. Uh, keep your calls running, uh, rolling in, um, 0800 150 811. I'll give you a rundown of what's happening on the show a little bit later. Uh, our Saturday session legend, we are speaking to an absolute legend of rugby. He's played for two nations at two different World Cups, one for Western Samoa as it was back in 1991. He played for the All Blacks, uh, played in the 1995 World Cup final. Um, Frank Bunce joins the program to talk about his extraordinary career. Royalty joining us. Oh, I remember him in the 95 World Cup. He was one of the legendary players that came to the shores of South Africa um, and actually played in a four ball. I think it was him. It was definitely Olo, Olo, I want to say Brown. Well done. I was going to say Wood, Olo Brown. 
um, biggest calves I've ever, ever seen. seen. Oh, and they were they were in the golf carts playing around the golf. He wouldn't have done a Johnny Besto walking between tee boxes. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Not with those calves. A lot of stability. But Frank Vance was one of the, the legends of the game. Like when South Africa came back from obviously the sanctions and watching a player of his caliber, but to have a player of his caliber on this show as well. Also no, got a legend segment. Also got a great guest for you later this hour. We'll cover off the NRL. We'll do it with current England rugby defence coach. Anthony Seabold, of course. Uh, Leagues remember him from his time with the Rabbitohs and uh, the Broncos. Uh, he's part of the SEN uh, commentary stable. He's going to join us about 20 to 11 to talk the NRL plus, including a big win for the Eels last night. Uh, embarrassing the Raiders. Uh, 40 points they put on them. We go to Bruce first. Good morning, Bruce. Gentlemen, good morning. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, I think if it were, so many people, especially Dean, are missing the whole point um, of why the referee um, made that call. He, he warned the player several times. He asked him to hurry up and do it. And it took over 30 seconds. Three times, I think, he said something to him. And he, and he had the balls to act on his officiating and made the call. But it was all about the time of the game. Obviously, it was only a minute and a half to go. That's why he was trying to waste the bloody time. Not if it would have been in fifteenth minute of the game, it would have been irrelevant. So that's the whole point of it. And that's why referees have to make a decision in the last three, four, five minutes of a game. So But time wasting's time that. wasting. Does it matter if it happens in the fourth minute or the seventy ninth? They are equal, are they not? No, one second there equals the one second in the second half. Time wasting in the fourth minute of a game has n- has really no immediate impact. If if you other than wasting if time, one, if you've got a minute and a half to go and you're trying to use up forty fifty seconds of it, at that point, the the possibility of the opposing team to actually get a result out of it is way way lower. So that's the point of it. Mm. That's simply the point. Yeah, so, well, Bruce, and I, I've, I've tried to say you know, I, I'm not comfortable with how the decision. I can understand why he made it. Um, do you do you care how they won? You just take the win. You grab the bledders low and sprint I'm, away gleefully, going with the best Australasia again. Look, I, I'm more really angry and annoyed at the the. The bloody king hits that some of those that that dirty player did when he went and um, kicked oh, the guy on the ground. On, that oh, that yeah, was absolutely. That was disgraceful. How did he not? A weak gutter dog. That was simply weak gutter dog, isn't that what Ricky Stewart said? I think that's it. that. That's just a that, bonehead thug play. Is that high performance sport? I mean, it couldn't be furthest from from the truth. It's also the inconsistency of the. Uh, the players getting turnovers on the ground. Several times, on, I think on both sides, they initially had hands or they were supported on the ground. So that was that's, that's another rule that really needs to be cleared up. It's always an issue. The, hey, can I, can not, I, anything else? Yeah. Anything oh, else you'd hey, like look, to say? It's disappointing you, you, you get up, get a good lead like you did. There's still something... Seriously um, wrong with 
with the control and the leadership on the field. And I'm absolutely sure Sam Kane is not the person. It's just not working. It's just not right. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And that's Interesting thoughts, Bruce. I appreciate your time, my friend. Go enjoy your Saturday. Thanks so much for joining us here on SENZ. Thanks a lot. Uh, Brett makes a good point, and and, uh, I think this is reiterated. Uh, Here we go. So Sam Kane has called out for his on-field leadership when he wasn't even on the field. (laughs) That is an important point to point out. Hard to lead when you're actually not playing, right? Leadership is collective. Um, Yeah, I We've discussed this on the show before. I think we get a little bit too obsessed with rugby about the guy with the C next to his name. Yeah. Well, he said leadership is a collective responsibility, yeah. and it's totally right. Yeah. It's coach, captain, senior players. And I think that that's what maybe Dean was saying as well, is we don't really know. There's probably a lot of players that are unsure of their position. So it's very difficult to lead when you don't even know if you're going to be in the team the next week. So you have to find that real collective group of leaders to take this team forward. Our number is 0800 G'day, Jono. Thanks for holding through the break, mate. Really kind of you. Hey, Dan. How, hey, Grant. How are you? Oh. Hey, Jono. Um, so I want to talk a few things about uh, just the last, I guess, few minutes, obviously. But no one seems to be talking about Rob Valentini. If you look closely at their last mall, he actually just basically tripped over and collapsed that mall. He did it really well because no one seemed to notice. Um, so it's a bit of, I guess, a bit of justice in um, in that. Um, uh, and I'm just wondering, what do you guys think about intention in terms of how do you judge, in terms of Darcy Swain, how do you judge whether it was intentional or not? Like, is there is that part of the yeah. rules in rugby? Or oh, I find it's really hard to judge intent for anything. So you've got to, yeah. you kind of go off a gut feel, don't you, Jono? And when you see a swinging arm load up, that that strikes me as someone who is trying to strike someone. That's my logic. Yeah. I'm not a referee, and I think heavens, I'm I'm not, and the general public's probably in agreement. In agreement, Grant. Well, I, I yeah. also think that when you slow it down in slow motion, it looks way worse than it does in you know uh, real speed. Real speed, it, things happen so quickly, and it doesn't look like there was intent. But when you slow it down, I always think, and especially those head-to-head, um, you know, tackles. Suddenly, you've got a backline player who changes direction with a mm. goose step, and you slow it down, and it looks really bad. It looks like he's gone in quite high. There's a forward, but he actually hasn't had time to react. So it's hard to to judge yeah. intent there. So, so John, I'll put you on the spot. Your TMO, you see that you see a guy going into a ruck from low to up. Do you think it's a dog move, as most New Zealanders have, or, or do you actually think well, maybe he's trying to get under the defender <laughs> and actually get some leverage? Oh, I don't know about. I mean, the thing is, is that no, like, how many times do you see people tackling in that in that way that he did? He went in with a, a sort of elbow inverted, which is, I believe, is that a chicken wing tackle? I'm not sure, but. You don't need to do that. It's not necessary. And that basically, because of that style, his tackle, Tupai is out for nine months. I believe if he tackled a standard, he, you know, it would have been a different result. Um, and the second well, he's also come from about... the side, hasn't he, Jono? Yeah. Like, he's come from the side. Yeah. There was nothing legal about that it. Right. That's, that's the thing. Everything is wrong from the outset. Yeah. 
And just one other thing quickly, um, Caleb Clark, I've, the guy is an amazing bull runner. One of the he's probably one of the best runners you'll ever see with an oval ball. But the guy just seems to you know he just seems to make the wrong decisions when it's at the end of his run, whether it's a bad pass or it's um, just running away from his support. I wish that he could just maybe just focused a little bit better and if he did he'd be one of he'd be so devastating. But um yeah, thanks guys. That's all I want to talk about. So uh, cheers. Good on you, Jono. Thanks, Jono. Hey, uh, we'll take one more, I think, before we get to a break. Remember, Anthony Seabold is joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate everyone calling in. We might not get to everyone. We apologise uh, on that front. G'day, Dave. G'day, man. Hey, um, look, I wasn't that impressed with the performance, if you think. To be honest, you've missing uh, eight frontline players and probably the best seven in Hooper. Um, Dave Rennie's coaching ability uh, shone out. Um you can't blame Sam Kane for entering these leadership groups within within the team that should be, you know, helping him. We never blamed Richie McCaw if something went wrong. And the other thing, in some of these injuries, they might be a blessing in disguise. We might see, you know, guys playing in their proper positions. You know, Will Jordan might get a shot at 15. And uh, Jordy did pretty well when he came into second five. He was only on there for about a minute. Moanga scores under the post. So, you know, it'll be good to see what we do this Saturday. But... I'd be weary. I'd be weary. Now, as for that guy Swain, geez, he should he should be. Uh, they should make him stay off as long as um, Pi takes to get recovered. Hey, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Go enjoy your day. We'll take yes, one mate. more. Joe, the floor is yours. Morning, boys. How's it going? Yeah, great. Morning, Joe. Mate, I'll tell you one thing. Darcy Swain should have been sent off when he comes into that ruck first time. Comes in with the head. Right, there's head contact, and you, and you, and that's when Tupai reels out of it, and then two, and then uh, Quinn gets back up and stands over the ball, and then he takes out his leg. So <clears throat> then my moan about the uh, decision at full time should have been 14 men from that from that time on. You replay that ruck, he comes in there and he hits Tupai in the head, reels out of it, and then fucking breaks his knee. So now he's gone jo- for jo, how, many, how many months? Joe, that's what I thought they were looking at. Did you think that's so? What I they that, were that, at. That's what they were looking exactly. at, and we were going. And I was thinking to myself, "Here we go. We're going to have one of those controversial head knock." When you know, I, I've seen those carded. I've seen those carded, but you know, Quintapai, where he's at, he's not expecting someone to to hit him from the side, right? Um, he he, he's, he can't brace himself, and my heart just goes out to him. You really feel for for Tupai, don't you? Nobody expects you to come in from the side and, and break your knee. Nobody. Look at all the hundreds of games that are played every week in New Zealand. Nobody does that. You know, it's a dog move, right? He's an absolute bludger, and he should have been gone for a red card. And I suspect, you, you know, you look at that double action, three months, six months suspension, whatever it's got to be, never mind the games. And it's, it's just an absolute dog move, and it costs our man who came on probably his World Cup chance. Good on you, Joe. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks so much. We'll take a break. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 24 away from 11 back after this.